All right, folks, we are back. This is the Detroiter. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're presented by the Second String, Detroit Sports Nation for the first time officially, for the first time technically, all that good stuff. Detroit Sports Nation sponsoring your boy this evening. We got the national championship on in the background. We're going to talk some Detroit sports, though. Fear you not. We are going to talk a little bit of Detroit, a little bit MSU. Let me set the slate before we get too deep into this. Let me set the slate. So we're starting to get to a weird time of year, right? Red Wings winding down. Pistons winding down. Tigers, on the other hand, winding up, right, for the first time since last baseball season. It feels like it's been forever since I've watched the Tigers play. It certainly has been forever since I've been excited to watch the Tigers play, and I'm juiced for Friday. We got the Tigers, MSU hoops, toast. Michigan hoops, toast. Football season isn't for another five months. So we're kind of in that weird spot, right? We got the last college basketball game being played as I speak. And we're done with hockey. We're done with football. I mean, we're done with the Pistons. It is officially that time of year where it's Lions draft, which we will get into as, you know, April progresses. I think the draft's like the 27th. I don't know off the top of my head. I know it's later in April. So as we get closer to that, I'm sure we'll spend episodes, episode at least, just going all the way in on the Lions, who I want them to take, who I think they should take, or who I'd be fine with them taking. Just going through all kind of the usual suspects, right? Like we're hearing Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, Trayvon Walker, Malik Willis, all these guys where it's like every other day you check Twitter. Uh Oh, no, no. Apparently the Lions love this guy. Oh, no, no. Two days later, they love this guy. Oh, wait a second. They actually love this third guy. So that keeps changing every week. We'll talk about all the possibilities, all the names that have been thrown in the ring, right? Obviously, my opinions. Um, and then I just the reaction of it all. Like, there will be the grand reaction once the Lions actually do. The draft is like it happens, and the Lions do have their first or second overall pick. Um, I just when it comes to the Lions and it comes to not just the Lions, sports in general, any team. But when you're in a spot like the Lions where it you truly, the only place you can go is up. I mean, you could be one spot worse, but like, God damn it. That would be just, I can't, I couldn't take that. Um, the only, in my mind, the only way you can go is up no matter who the Lions take at the end of the month. I like, I just need people to be on board with the idea of like, please be positive. Please be a little excited about it. Maybe they take Malik Willis and you didn't want them to. I don't necessarily want them to. Be excited about it because you should be excited about it. You should be a, a stud QB coming to Detroit, a guy who can be a great a game breaker, who can excel the rebuild years if he hits the way guys like Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell believe they could if they take him. Have faith in that. If they take Kyle Hamilton, have faith that Brad Holmes knows the way to building this defense back in the best and most efficient manner. Like whoever it is, even if it's not your guy, please, please don't crucify anybody. Please don't vilify anybody because they just took a 20 year old kid who was an absolute savage at whatever college he just came from and is going to do nothing but work his ass off to be the best Detroit lion. He can be no matter what position group it is, no matter where they went to college. I don't care what they're, Test the Wonderlick test and how they handled the media during the draft process. Whoever the Lions take, they're going to be a keystone piece of this rebuild, especially when it comes to not just getting back to like competitiveness, but getting back to, or not even getting back to, getting to 
winning games, winning <coughs> playoff games, whoever it is being negative before they even put on a lion's cap, before they even sniff a football field in Detroit, being negative isn't going to do anything for literally anybody. And it's funny because this whole ride, the Detroiter, anybody who's who's been here from the TikTok or the Instagram pages, you see I make the little 60-second videos, few a day, about whatever's going on with MSU, Detroit. Sometimes I'll do random stuff, whatever. The one that started it all, the first time I ever got a big hit and I was like, oh, maybe I should start doing these videos to kind of lead people to the podcast because I'd done the podcast beforehand. But the first video I ever did that went big was just talking about like, why are people negative about Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes? I think it was after week four or week three and the lines were 0-3 and it was just kind of uh, hold the phone. People are talking about Dan Campbell's not the right man for the job. People are guessing or second guessing, I should say, this new front office, this new coaching staff after week three. And I'm sitting there like, what are we doing? Talking about how the Lions will never be good. Talking about how we already can't buy in to Dan Campbell. What are we doing saying shit like that when we're three games into a new tenure? And we knew it was going to be bad. And I think we had lost to the Packers, the Niners, and the Ravens. Three teams who should all be in the playoffs. Who all should beat the Detroit Lions. And people were out here like, oh, can't buy into Dan Campbell. He spends too much time trying to make jokes in the press conference. He's worried about putting on the Grand Prix helmet for a press conference instead of winning games. Like, that's not doing anything for anybody. And I'm going to feel the same exact way, if not stronger, when it comes to the draft at the end of the month. There is nothing productive, nothing productive that comes out of shitting on Kyle Hamilton because the Lions took him instead of Kayvon Thibodeau. There is nothing productive talking about every single flaw in Malik Willis's game because they took him instead of Trayvon Walker. So whoever it is the Lions take at the end of the month, and we will get there. We will have those separate conversations. Whoever it is, Please understand and please think about the fact that being negative before they even get a locker with their name on it, dude, is doing nothing for anybody. As a matter of fact, I'd argue it's actually hurting anything. Not that you as a fan running your mouth on Twitter or running your mouth on your podcast or whatever it is you like you like to do. Not that you as a fan being a dick to some 20-year-old kid who just got taken by the lines is really doing anything. But I do know this. It isn't helping. It certainly isn't helping. It might not make things too much worse. It for sure for sure, dude, isn't helping. So just keep that in mind because whoever they do take at number two will be a stud, will make the team better, will be a position of need. And I promise you, whoever that kid is that gets taken will bust his ass, dude. He'll be like Mario jumping on the Goombas, boink, 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 just busting ass each step of the way to make Detroit great to win football games for the Detroit Lions, to live up to the billing that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell see in him on draft day. I promise you. That's my only. That's the only thing I want to say about the Lions draft before we actually get to draft week because that's when I'll probably do the deep dive episode. That's when we'll talk each and every prospect one by one, talking about what they bring, what I think, this, that, the other, the in-depth draft episode. But until then, until then, I've already seen it. I log on to Twitter and it's like, oh, the Lions 
talking about Malik Willis, this or that. They saw Malik Willis today. They spent a lot of time chatting with Malik Willis today. Okay. I don't think they should take a QB, but if they take Malik Willis, I'm going to be so fired up. It's not even funny. Malik Willis, the day the Lions announce him, he may as well be prime Cam Newton. Honest to God, he may as well be Joe Montana, brother. Like I'm going to build this guy up, at least in my head and out on my socials and on here. I'm going to build this guy up as a Greek god of throwing footballs. Until he proves me wrong, I have no reason not to be all the way in on Malik Willis, for instance. But when that happened, when those reports came out, the Lions talking to him, all I see is, oh, they can't take him. Oh, he's so inaccurate. Oh, he played at Liberty. Like, can we just be happy about it and be positive about it and give it all a chance before we poo-poo it, before the guy's even a Lion? This dude probably won't even be a Detroit Lion. And we have hordes of Lion fans out here like, this dude stinks. What a failure pick it would be. Oh, the Lions being the Lions. Like, give me a break one time. It's the one thing. I'll get negative about the Lions. I know I'm a pretty positive, like, let's root them on. Let's positive vibes only. Be a negative, like I just ranted about. Being negative isn't helping anybody, for sure. I would agree with that. I'd be disingenuous to say I'm not. But at the same time, I'll get negative about the Lions. When we're in week nine and they're 0-8, yeah, I'll be upset about the Lions. Yes, I will be telling you how Jared Goff isn't that great. I'll tell you how the offensive line is worse than it should be. I'll tell you how the defense is way too inconsistent. I'll go down the line, dude. I'll tell you how Dan Campbell has made some very questionable decisions. Like, go back and listen to those episodes. If you think I just peddle all Lions propaganda, you come on here, oh, this dude's never said a bad word. I've never said a bad word that about anything or anyone that hasn't given me a reason to say a bad word about them. When Dan Campbell made a couple questionable decisions, that Thanksgiving game happened. I came on here. The Ravens game happened, which I was at. I wanted to strangle somebody. I usually don't get that angry. I wanted to strangle somebody. That somebody being myself as I catapulted to the ground from the top of my friend's place in the book tower. I wanted to end it all after that Ravens game. Go listen to the podcast I did after that game. I wasn't Mr. Oh, no, the Lions are doing great. I wasn't telling you how genius Dan Campbell is. I wasn't telling you what a great job Brad Holmes has done assembling the special teams unit. I didn't give a peep of recognition, of happiness, of a job well done to anybody even remotely affiliated with the Lions. If your cousin's grandkid is working in the marketing department for the Detroit Lions, I probably roasted his ass too. So go back, listen to those. Listen to the episode after a couple of the Packers games. Listen to the episode on Thanksgiving. Listen to the episodes after losing to the Bears. Listen to those. It's not always happiness. It's not always just pump Dan Campbell's fucking tires, dude. It happens, yes. When we're talking about guys who could be the face of the franchise moving forward, when we talk about guys who have literally given us, given us no reason to not believe in them. Guys who are going to come in with an elite talent level and an elite position to change this team for the better. You can't sell me on the fact that I should come on here telling you why Kyle Hamilton wouldn't be good in Detroit. Don't tell me why I should be telling you why Trayvon Walker wouldn't work, why Kayvon Thibodeau wouldn't work, why Aiden Hutchinson wouldn't work. Why the hell would that be my mentality? Until I see the day where Aiden Hutchinson isn't working for the Detroit Lions, until I see the day where we're two years in, Malik Willis isn't working for the Detroit Lions, I'm going to be nothing but positive, no matter who the guy is, because that's the only way to go about it in my mind. Being negative about something like that, 
being negative about a guy who just by happenstance got drafted by the Detroit Lions a week ago, even though he's never played it down in Detroit just because, oh, he wasn't necessarily the guy you wanted. He's not necessarily playing for the New England Patriots. Those are the reasons because the Lions have been bad historically and he's not the guy you liked. So this dude's never going to be good. He's never going to help the Lions. Let's write him off. He's 20 years old. He's been here for three weeks. Let's write him off. Get rid of him. He stinks. Really? Don't forget people were doing that with TJ Hawkinson. I remember. I remember. There are people that will tell you, oh, no, I was never negative about it. Eh. I remember after Hawkinson's rookie year, people being like, this guy's a bum. I remember that. Jeff Okuda, people are lower than low on. And rightfully so. Jeff Okuda is a guy, if you're going to come on and blast Okuda, okay, dude, I'm not going to sit there John Snowing against you. I'm not going to – fine. You can do that. I hear you. I understand. He should be performing better than he has. Am I totally out on Jeff Okuda? Obviously, if this season he's back to being injured or he doesn't perform well, then it's probably time. But I still have a little bit of faith in Hefe. Free him. Free that man. You don't just forget how to be elite at something. Martin Garrix doesn't just forget how to fucking turn tables. Eminem doesn't just forget how to rap. Dali doesn't forget how to paint, dog. There's got to be something left there with Jeff Okuda, and I'm willing to see it this year. I'm willing to give him another chance. I can see the negative aspect with Okuda because he actually has done things on the field that would lead me to believe at times, okay, maybe not. Maybe my nature is to give the positive the benefit of the doubt, right? See the silver lining with Jeff Okuda. If he can become good, then that saves us. And it could be great. Maybe that's my predisposition to it, which I'm happy about. But to sit here and do the whole, like to to have the same mentality that you have with Jeff Okuda with a guy like Malik Willis, if they were to take him, or Kyle Hamilton, or all the names we've said, to have that kind of mentality with one of those guys, just because they're not the dude you wanted, just because the Lions took him, like that's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. It doesn't help anybody. It's not the thing. Like being more negative about the Lions in the very few goddamn times, they don't give you a reason to be negative about them. I just don't get it. Like, don't you want to enjoy it? So bad in my heart, I want to enjoy the Detroit Lions. So bad in my heart, I want to pull up on the month of September wearing my Lions gear, looking at my friend like, dude, we get 17 games of the Lions starting next Sunday. Dude, we could make the playoffs this year. Dude, let's win eight games. We got some exciting guys. DeAndre Swift, I love the coaching staff. I want to pull up on September with more Honolulu blue pumping through my body than they have in the sea surrounding Hawaii. That's all I want. I want to be excited about the Lions. I want to be happy about the Lions. When we're in the thick of it and they're 1-10, in 10, and we're looking at down the barrel at another top three draft pick. Yes, I'm going to come on here spitting fire, flaming you, flaming you, flaming you. You're the dude that washed the towels last week. You stink too. I'll kill everybody. I don't care. But when I have a moment to enjoy something related to anything, specifically an entity as dark as the Detroit Lions, I have to seize it. I want to seize it. And isn't that why any of us are into sports? To enjoy the good things that happen, not just sidestep them and point out the multiple bad things. Not, not even pointing out a bad thing. Making a good thing a bad thing before that thing's even gotten off the ground. Isn't the point of sports and life in general to just enjoy stuff? So I'm going to enjoy whoever the Lions take. I'm going to enjoy hard knocks. I'm going to enjoy the offseason. I want to enjoy the Lions. 
when they actually physically go out and play the football games, that's when historically in my life, they've given me reason to not enjoy them. Hopefully that changes with the new front office and the new regime. But this offseason stuff, drafting a guy who could be the future of the franchise, that's something I can enjoy. That's something I want to enjoy. So don't kill something beautiful before it's even happened. We're going to take a quick break. I was going to talk a little bit of Dwayne Stevens leaving MSU today, but I don't know. Not a, Maybe we'll do a few minutes. We'll take a quick break. We're going to talk a little bit of Dwayne Stevens leaving, maybe five minutes, and then we'll talk Tigers opening day, 15, 20, 25 minutes. They just scooped up Austin Meadows. Right before I turned on the recording, the Tigers acquired Austin Meadows for Isaac Paredes and like a 5B pick. I don't even know what the draft pick is. So pretty much for Isaac Paredes, Austin Meadows, 100 ribbies last year coming from Tampa. Parker Meadows in the system, his brother. I think the Tigers front office wants to win baseball games. Isn't that weird? I feel like I should be like a little quieter when I say that. I feel like someone's watching me that's going to get me in trouble. I think Chris Illich and Alavila, nobody's paying attention. Nobody's watching. I think they kind of, I think they kind of want to win a few baseball games in Detroit this year. Ooh, ooh, I haven't felt this in a long time. It's like the first time a girl kisses you. You're like, oh, okay, that's kind of nice. Alavila wants to win a couple ball games. They want to sell out Comerica this year. They want to make it interesting, maybe host a few playoff games. Is it Christmas already? Quick break. Before I even spend a moment talking about the Tigers this year and the expectations and where are they going to finish? How many games are they going to win? Are they going to make a playoff game? Are they going to have a playoff series? Are we going to see playoff games in October in Detroit again? Is that what's going to happen? Are Torkelson and Riley Green and this young and up-and-coming staff, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, Tarek Skubal, Akil Badu, are these guys, are they going to be enough? The new age, the new era of Detroit baseball, are these young fellows coming along going to be the difference in med- mediocrity and even sub-mediocrity to, once again, being a playoff contender at the very beginning of these guys' career. Nonetheless, Torkelson's first year, Riley Green's first year, Badu's second year. Is that going to be enough to get this team back to where Detroit baseball should be every single year? Is that it? Before we dive in, before we debate, I just want to appreciate and take a moment to bathe. Fucking make like BYU for a second. Just soak. I mean, we make those Mormons look like they haven't heard of anything pruny in their lifetimes. I want to just soak in the fact that the Detroit Tigers have us even talking about potentially making a playoff appearance. Just get raisiny to the max. I want to look like I came out of one of those red little cartons. What are Mrs. Sunshine's raisins? I want to look like I popped out of that thing this morning, threw on a t-shirt and somehow grew a mouth and started talking. Just bathe in the idea that the Detroit Tigers may be in the playoffs. Not even that they will be in the playoffs. Not even that they have a chance to compete for a World Series or win a playoff series or be a, a contender. Just the fact that it's even a possibility 
that the Detroit Tigers could once again return to that kind of form, it genuinely feels like it's been a lifetime. Honest. Like, when is the last time I barely, like, I can't remember, to be honest with you, the last time I turned on the Detroit Tigers or I was in a stage in my life where it was like the the Tigers are going to do something great or the Tigers might do something great. The Tigers are going to have a chance to do something great. Now, the last time that occurred, it was winning World Series. That those early 2010s, late 2000s teams, every single year was World Series, World Series, World Series, World Series. Obviously never got it done. Water under the bridge. (laughs) Water under the bridge that I jumped off at this point. But just the fact that they could even return to the playoff contention. Oh, fighting for a central win. Oh, beating the whites. Just the fact that that's a possibility. It feels like I'm reborn. Honest to God. I feel like a new human being. Honest to God. I feel like this is like me becoming a sports fan, like starts now, honestly. And it's crazy to think about because growing up, probably a good deal of the reason I'm so into sports and I care so much about the Red Wings, the Tigers, the uh, Pistons, Michigan State, and the Lions. I, I guess I don't know why I care so much about the Lions in this regard, but those other teams is growing up, they were good. The Pistons were always there in the 2000s. The Tigers, we talked about it. They were there for most of my life growing up. The Red Wings were always there growing up. And really until I got to college where you unfortunately kind of enter the prime of my life, like of it would be sick if these teams were good. It would be sick if I could go downtown and watch a playoff game that they would maybe win, not just a game where Giannis Adetokounmpo is going to come to town and beat the living snot out of us for four games. Going downtown and hanging out and partying and being 20-plus years old when the Detroit Lions or the Detroit Tigers or the Detroit Red Wings or the Pistons are in a playoff game, like that is the zenith. That is what I truly long for. I long for a lot of things. (laughs) Happiness, emotion, feeling something. I long for a lot of things. Not many things I long for more than intense Detroit sporting events, than games that mean everything, than that games that you wake up four days before those games and you're like, whoa, baby, that game's in four days. Let's go. That's how I feel with opening day on Friday. I'm sitting here like, let's go, dude. Let's go. Let's get back to it. I am so sick and tired of every team in the city being a loser. I'm so done with it. And the worst part, I resent it because losing sucks and I hate it. And it's fun to watch your team play in meaningful games and win things. Who doesn't love winning shit? But my God, it makes me resent it. The fact that honestly, it feels like a lifetime of Detroit being losers. It really does. And I know the Red Wings are one of the most successful franchises ever. I know the Tigers are a great baseball franchise. Pistons, same. I understand, and I know that. And I'm aware of the history, and I know it's been done, and it will be done again in Detroit. But it's been so bad since the year, like, 2014, 2015. It's been so bad, the sports in this town, that it – I mean, it's been, what, seven years now, eight years? It genuinely feels like my entire life – all these teams have been losers and the lions have always been losers, 
Those other teams have been great. Those other teams have been, at times, each of them, the class of the league. And it honestly feels like every single one of those franchises has been a loser forever. Like, I'm so jaded, and it is the recency bias, of course, but I'm so jaded by these last eight years. I can't even think of a time. Like, I don't know what it means to have the Detroit Tigers be one of the best franchises in baseball. I don't know what it means for the Detroit Red Wings to be in the playoffs 25 years in a row. I don't know what it means for Detroit basketball to strike the fear of God into every opponent in the Eastern Conference. I like have forgotten that. It doesn't feel real that that's even a possibility. And it hasn't for so long. It feels like the not just the Tigers, but the teams here have been losers for so long that they were never winners. And to get to a point, and we've talked enough about all the other teams, but to get to a point where the Detroit Tigers, as of this year, as of the year 2022, A.J. Hinch's second year with the Tigers, Akil Badu's second year, Casey Mize's third year, Matt Manning's second, Tariq Skubal's third, I believe, Torkelson's first, Riley Green's first, Austin Meadows, hey, how are you? Come on board. His first. To be finally knocking on the door of we're here, we are going to try to win games again. I don't know a better way to describe a phoenix rising from the ashes, dude. I don't know what Harry Potter did for theirs. Uh, show me the Detroit Tigers. Phoenix rising from the ashes? Show me the Detroit Tigers in the year 2022. I'm so ready to be back purely to contending, to competing, to making baseball fun, to me having a feeling where I would like to watch the Detroit Tigers tonight. We talked about it with the Red Wings coming into this season, and the Red Wings did a great job up until the last month or so. They did exactly that. They've been competitive. They had me wanting to watch the Red Wings every single night. I believed. I don't care if it was Tampa. I don't care if it was Florida. It didn't matter who the Wings played. Up until the month of March this year, every night I was sitting there like, all right, why not? We got guys now. We can win this game. Things have fallen off. I don't want to talk about it. We discussed it in last week's episode, and I'm going to puke if I think about it for another second. That's all I want for the Tigers. I want the Tigers to just be a team for me this summer where any single time, Saturday afternoon, I'm not doing shit. All right, let me throw the Tigers on. Have like Just have a chance to win the game. Make it fun. Do things that are cool. Make me sit on my couch go, well, oh, these guys are pretty fun. Like, they might not make the playoffs, but these guys are kind of electric. These guys do some things. Torkelson gives you a reason to watch the games. Casey Mize is someone to root for. Just, that's it. That's it. And you know what's so sad about this? Is I am excited, and in an ideal world, they would make a playoff push. Maybe earn one of those wild card spots. Who knows? In some crazy messed up reality, they even beat out Chicago and win the Central. I don't think that'll happen, but you never know. That's why the games are played. I don't know if it's the losing that's done it to me. I don't know if I'm just kind of pathetic in general. Could be. But I'm not even like bloodthirsty for wins. I'm not bloodthirsty to make a playoff run or even make the playoffs. All I want is just fun. Entertainment. Something that gets me thinking. A team and guys on that team, personalities on that team, styles of play of guys on that team. Javi Baez, bro. How have I not mentioned him yet? 
people on the team and a brand of baseball that they play where any given night of the week, I want to watch the Detroit Tigers play and I won't be devastated if they lose. And I won't necessarily be over the moon if they win. And those games, those wins and losses will not necessarily mean the difference between a world series appearance or even an ALCS appearance or even a playoff appearance at all. All I want those games to win those wins, those losses to mean a, that we have something here with those young guys that I just mentioned and B that I sat down for three hours that night. I turned on my hometown baseball team, the team that I care about, the team that I do want to see win, and I had a good time watching them. I got excited multiple times. I was happy. I was grinning. I was sitting there thinking about, wow, I really like this Torkelson guy. Wow, this Scooble dude could be somebody special for the next 10 years of his career in Detroit. That's all I want this opening day. That's all I want out of the Detroit Tigers in 2022. Cream on the cake. We make a playoff appearance. Maybe don't even win a series, but hey, we're back. It's October. We're in Detroit. Things are all right again in the universe. Ideal scenario, right? That is the ideal scenario. Who doesn't want their team to win games? Who doesn't want to see the people they like in the playoffs and succeeding, right? That's why we watch the sports. That's why they play the sports. That's why the sports exist in the in the first place. Outside of making the owners a disturbing amount of money, they exist to win and move on and advance and hang banners and win trophies. I don't need Detroit to do that this year, though. Just be exciting. And I think, you know what? They had, besides Austin Meadows, they have and had made enough moves this offseason that I think they will be exciting. I think even if the Tigers had made no moves outside of the organization, they don't go get Eduardo Rodriguez. They don't go get Tucker Barnhart. They don't go get Javier Baez. If they don't do one single thing that acquires talent that didn't exist in the Detroit Tigers organization previously, I think they'd be a fun team to watch regardless. I think they'd maybe make the White Sox sweat a little bit regardless. Now you're telling me they're going to go out and sign Javi Baez, and he's not Carlos Correa. And on the deal, Carlos Correa signed for in Minnesota. You would think the Tigers could have got him, and now they got to play him, what, 26 times a year? Not great. But they did go get Javi Baez, and he's a good player, and he's that exact type of player that I just mentioned. Someone who will keep you coming back for more. Someone who is fun. Someone who will who will leave with you with memories and create electric moments at Comerica Park. Someone who, above all else, will make the Detroit Tigers a fun team to watch 162 times. You can't say that he won't be fun to watch. He will be. They went out and got him. And he will improve the team. They went out and got Eduardo Rodriguez, another guy. He will improve the team. Tucker Barnhart, he will improve the team. And now they just went out and they acquired Austin Meadows, another guy who he will improve the team. Yes, they gave up Isak Paredes, kind of a future guy that, you know, he's had his stints in Detroit and he's shown flashes, hasn't quite caught his grip in Detroit. But I, I always liked him when he played. When the Tigers brought him up, I always enjoyed him. I always thought there was something there. I thought he was pretty disciplined at the plate. Never really could find a hot streak, but I enjoyed Paredes. Wish him all the best in Tampa. I'm sure he'll be great. They bring in a 100 RBI guy in Austin Meadows, a guy that can rake another thing that they need. Really the only thing that they need at this point. The bullpen looks to be solid. The starting rotation looks to be solid. The lineup looks to be all right. That's the only thing they desperately needed to improve on this season. They did by bringing up Torkelson. 
They announced them on the opening day roster. They will when Riley Green comes back from the six to eight weeks he's about to miss with the fractured foot, which, by the way, that's the reason they're bringing in Austin Meadows, I believe, is because they don't want to go six to eight weeks without a Riley Green, which two things about that make me happy. First, the Riley Green thing sucks. To have Torkelson up in Detroit on opening day and the positive vibes and the energy that are going to be in that ballpark and surrounding this team on Friday – not to have one of your flag bearers for the next 10, 15 years of the Detroit Tigers, not to have him in the lineup when the other guy in Torkelson will be, that sucks. That blows. I mean, nobody's going to be more devastated than Riley Green. Like, the, Comerica is going to be buzzing. It's going to be buzzing this weekend. They announced, I think, last week, maybe even two weeks ago, that they had sold out opening day already. Like, it is going to be buzzing on Friday. It's going to be buzzing on Saturday and it's going to be ludicrous on Sunday. All weekend, Comerica, there's going to be an energy in that building that hasn't been there since 2014. That's a fact. And to have Riley Green and to have Spencer Torkelson and to have Mize and all these other guys, Javier Baez now in the mix. If you could have that entire team, because a lot of those guys, they're the future. They are the guys that are going to be the core of the team the next time the Tigers do make the playoffs, whether that's this year, whether that's next year, or sometime beyond that. Those are the guys. The energy and excitement around that team is going to be palpable, dude. And the fact that Riley Green, the, the one, like, we're going to have one odd man out, it breaks my heart. But there is a positive to this. The Tigers could have said, Alavila, and knowing the way Alavila and Chris Illich seemingly view the Tigers and seemingly view the window that they're in, they didn't bag Correa, right? They didn't go out and make that one more splash move they probably could have made in free agency. I think we all kind of thought they looked at this year somewhat as a bridge year. We'll bring in Torkelson. We'll bring in Green. We'll see if the rotation, Mize, Manning, Scooble, these guys take another step. We'll bring in Javi Baez. We'll bring in Eduardo Rodriguez. We'll make this team better. We'll improve this team. We will win more games with this team. But it felt like they viewed the Tigers and the window that they're in as like another year, maybe two years. Like, uh, uh, like kick the can down the road a little bit longer. Then they announced Torkelson's on the day one roster. And then when Riley Green gets hurt, they go out and they get Austin Meadows. They deal a young guy in Paredes and a pick for Austin Meadows to replace Riley Green because they're not interested in waiting six to eight weeks for a starting outfielder. They don't want to sacrifice however many games it could potentially be in those six to eight weeks just because Riley Green happened to fracture his foot. They don't want to sit around and say, eh, whatever, meh, whatever. Hopefully we win enough games first couple months of the season, and then when Riley comes back, we plug him in and things get even better. They don't want to take that chance. Alavila and Chris Illich today, by making this move to Austin Meadows, I don't know the money Austin Meadows gets. I don't know the contract he's on. I guess that could make this better or worse, but from my prerogative, just the thought process behind this move, it is a good move because they just said, we are interested in winning the first game. We are interested in winning the 162nd game, and we are damn well interested in winning games after that. That is what the front office of the Detroit Tigers just said today. Riley Green's out. Perfect. Doesn't matter. We're going to get someone else. We are going to figure it out. We're not interested in forfeiting two months. We could. Sure. We could say, oh, you know what? 2022, that's not our window. 
2023 will go all in. 2024 will go all in. No, they could have easily done that. And to be honest with you, it would have made some sense. I think it would have fallen in line with some of the decisions. The decision to not just go all in on Carlos Correa, I think that would fall in line with kicking the can down the road. The the decision to not add another arm to the starting rotation after Eduardo Rodriguez, I think that would fall in line. They could have done that easily. They could have said he's 19, he's 20, whatever Riley Green is. He'll be back once he gets back. We'll see. They're not interested in giving up one inch to the Chicago White Sox. They want to win every single game. They want to win Friday. They want to win Saturday. They want to win Sunday. They want to win the American League Central for the first time since the year 2014. The powers that be, the guys that pull the strings for the Detroit Tigers, want to win the AL Central and are willing to expend the resources to win the AL Central for the first time in eight years. Think about that. And it sucks that Riley Green's hurt. And it would be unbelievable. Whatever that energy level at Comerica is going to be on Friday, turn it up another notch. If Riley Green's in that lineup, it's going to be unbelievable regardless. It sucks that he's out, but the one silver lining, the Detroit Tigers today just said, I don't give a fuck, Chicago. Hey, Chicago, suck on that. Rick Hahn, bang, dude, have one of those. Take two of these and call me in the morning. The Detroit Tigers want to win the American League Central. They want to win the American League Central. They don't want to participate in it. They don't want to say they're going to win and then not do a thing about it. The Detroit Tigers are taking action to win the American League Central for the first time in eight years. And it feels like it's been a lifetime and it's glorious. I want to see good baseball in Detroit. I want to be excited every night of the week to flip on the Tigers. I want to watch Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green and Javier Baez and all these guys do cool shit wearing a leather glove and cleats. I want to watch Casey Mize twirl guys into the ground with that splitter. I want Terry School to blow kids into the nether realm with a fastball high and tight. I want Matt Manning to look like Justin Verlander before Justin Verlander. I want all of these things to happen. I want the Tigers to be the maximum Tigers. I want Detroit to be a baseball city again because it's Detroit and it should be. And for the first time in ages, they're making it happen. For the first time since I was 16, that's not even a joke. For the first time since I was 16, the Tigers are going to be fun. And they may not make the playoffs. If they do, they probably won't win a series. They may not even be a 500 team. But guess what? They're trying. They will be fun to watch. And they officially have begun a new era of Tigers baseball that has nothing to do with tanking, has nothing to do with being a joke, is done being a doormat. The They have announced... In the year 2022, we are back to being the Detroit Tigers. We're back to doing everything we can to win baseball games. We are back to being the class of the American League. 
and it starts in 2022. And if you don't believe us, we just lost one of our stud outfielders who's going to be wearing the old English deed for the next 10 years. So you know what we did? We went down to Tampa and fleeced them for one of their guys who's going to plug right into the lineup opening day, probably rack up a couple ribbies, maybe a solo shot against the Chicago White Sox in a game that we very well may need at 162 to get us into the playoffs, to get us into that wild card spot. That's what the Detroit Tigers did. It's going to be tough. The White Sox are nasty. The American League East is going to have like four teams that could make the playoffs. It's going to be – or three teams that could make the playoffs. It's going to be challenging. But the Detroit Tigers are up for it, and that's all I can ask for. In a city like Detroit that cherishes all its sports, let alone baseball, in a city where its businesses, bars, the restaurants, the culture – revolves around baseball being played revolves around the stadium being filled four times a week. It's only right that they're back for more than just existing. They're back for greatness. They didn't win one in the 2010s, late two thousands. Fuck sucks. Would be great. Poised to make another run at it. And I can't wait for Friday. Eat them up. Let, eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Hey, hey. Eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. All right. I said we do a little Dwayne Stevens today. It feels like it's just not in the cards, right? It's just not. Dwayne Stevens, we talked Lions. We talked Tigers. They're two jungle cats. Well, I guess one's a Savannah cat. I think Lions are cats, right? Tigers are for sure cats. Yes, yes, yes. Lions are cats. Two cats, two big cats, predatory cats. Um, it'd be weird to throw a Spartan in there. Something that could potentially hunt a cat. That'd be weird to throw in there. So maybe we'll do another episode on Thursday and we'll do a little Dwayne Casey. Maybe we'll do Red Wings Pistons or maybe we'll save it till next week. The The plan for the rest of the way here is rest of the way. Like I'm going to end soon. Um, we're going to do the Piston season recap and kind of looking forward. Red Wings, same deal. I think the Pistons, this is the last week of season for them. So next week will probably be a big Pistons episode as well as Tigers. We'll probably do two next week where we do Pistons uh, Pistons Wings season recaps. And then we do Tigers first week recap. And then maybe in that episode we'll do Tigers. And then we'll sneak in some MSU stuff. We'll sneak in maybe a little bit of Michigan stuff. And then after that, it'll be Lions draft, Tigers. After the draft ends, Tigers, and then throughout the summer, who knows what we'll get into. So that's the tentative plan for now. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everyone following, watching. We're on YouTube now. This whole episode is going to go up on YouTube with video, <laughs> obviously. Um, appreciate it. Keep sharing. Keep telling your friends. Keep supporting. Buy the shirts if you'd like. Gas. Coming out with some gas for Friday for opening day. Check out Detroit Sports Nation. Uh, I'll be working with them from now on for the foreseeable future. I don't know what else to say. Appreciate all the support. To the goddamn moon. Love you guys.